What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With colorful style, loud attitude, and timeless songs, they became immortal. In their decade at the top, TLC made the hits that made history. But with every chart-topping high came an unthinkable low. Through the darkest of times, their bond seemed unbreakable until the resident rebel threatened their sisterhood. With intimate new interviews and never-before-seen footage, witness the last chapter of TLC's fabled story and the surreal final months of Lisa Lopez's life. For the first time, the surviving members of TLC walk us through the emotional ending of their saga. An amazing journey of love, loss, and remembrance. Now on Behind the Music, TLC, the final chapter. They were crazy, sexy, and cool. And for 10 colorful years, TLC reigned as the queens of pop. What TLC had was this incredible bond of three unique individuals that had a similar goal and passion, which was the music. To a legion of fans worldwide, the Atlanta threesome of Tion T-Boz Watkins, Rosanda Chili Thomas, and Lisa Left Eye Lopez were the definition of girl power. We always stood up for what we believed in. We stuck together as a group. The unity, it was just so powerful, nobody could break that. From 1992 on, they sold over 30 million albums, claiming the title of greatest selling female act in history. But as anyone who saw TLC's first behind the music knows, their road to greatness was potholed by bankruptcy. This is how a group can sell 10 million records and be broke. Sickness. I remember like praying to God, like, God, please, somebody just help me. And most famously, fire. And I turn on the channel and I see the house in flames. Eight years into their career, the trio seemed to have weathered the drama with their sister-like bond intact. Little could they have predicted the triumph and tragedy looming in the second chapter of their saga. In February of 1999, after three years of radio silence, TLC re-emerged with their third album, Fan Mail. They looked and sounded vibrant as ever. Powered by the sassy No Scrubs, Fan Mail was an instant smash. The impact at radio and at like MTV at TRL was just enormous simultaneously, which doesn't happen that often. Sometimes you know, and with no scrubs, it was so obvious. It was so huge. Fan mail sees the top spot on the Billboard album chart, selling a million copies in its first month. TLC finally seemed free of the drama that had shadowed every step in their career. But behind closed doors, the sisterhood was splintering. Left Eye had begun plotting a solo career. There are a lot of things that I would like to relay to people. 
creatively, conceptually, lyrically, a lot of things that I would like to get off of my chest. She wanted to do stuff that maybe me and Chili weren't ready to do or didn't want to do at all, and I respect that. It's just when she chose to do it. You can go solo, you can do whatever you want, but just don't quit on us. In a May of 99 cover story for Vibe magazine, Lisa offered fans a first taste of her breakaway aspirations. Speaking of fan mail, she said, I cannot stand 100% behind this TLC project. This will be my last interview until I can speak freely about the truth and present myself on my solo project. There were rumors of it that the girls weren't getting along, but nothing really concrete. And that's when it sort of got confirmed. In September of 99, with fan mail well over the five times platinum mark, the girls sat down to plan their most ambitious and rigorous tour to date. But while T-Boz and Chili were eager to hit the stage, Lisa was eager to hit the studio to work on her solo project. She wanted to do kind of like a shortcut thing, like, let's do an HBO special and just get some money and do some other things, you know? <laughs> but we were like, kind of like, we have a promoter, we've already sold tickets, it's the right thing to do. And we had to kind of agree to some things that she wanted in order for her to come on tour with us. So it was kind of like that, all right, well, I'll do this tour if my group can open. To placate Left Eye, TLC signed on her protégés to open the shows, a three-piece girl group she'd found in Philly called Black. Lisa was on board, barely. I just kind of remember, you know, right before we would go on stage, I would see her and just kind of act like I didn't see her or, you know, we'd be on stage and I didn't want to stand next to her. Her heart wasn't in it the way it used to be, you know? And we had to almost pull her by her hair. Girl, come out here! <laughs> Early into the fan mail road trip, the girls rolled into New York for a promotional stop at MTV's Total Request Live. But just minutes before airtime, a group meeting went south. I think we were talking about the tour or something, I don't know, and Lisa said something, she, she pissed me off, and I just, I had to walk out because, you know, I felt I was just getting too mad. And I walked out, and Lisa and Tion had words. Tion has basically just had it, and she was ready to fight. That's it. She's like, that's it. I'm ready to fight you. Let's get it on. I do remember, like, almost minutes before going on the air that day, hearing that only two of them were coming. And I immediately thought, oh, boy, there's, there's trouble in paradise, I bet. It's Lisa. Here they are, TLC. <laughs> I was looking at TV and they said that she wasn't coming out. We are one short, we're missing the L in TLC, left eye. She okay? <laughs> She's gonna, well, don't get mad, but. What's wrong? She don't feel good. She doesn't feel she doesn't good, okay. So I called the hotel and she was crying. She was telling me about like, no one wants to listen to her. And I really felt bad for her. So I went back and turned the TV on and heard what they was going to say, why she was not there. Is it a flu thing? Is it a... All I have to say is Emodium AD, put it together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Two days later, the trio headed to Entertainment Weekly for a cover photo shoot. But before the first shutter snapped, Lisa walked off set for a meeting about her solo project. Incensed that her lack of commitment, Tian and Chili gave the magazine a scathing interview saying, Lisa doesn't respect the whole group. She doesn't stick with us. That was the first time we ever really told the truth in the press because we just wanted to give her a dose of her medicine and know how it felt, you know, to be blasted in the press and actually to see, you know, see yourself for what you are and what you're doing right now, you know, and, and it just wasn't right.
In response to her bandmate's candid talk, Lisa fired a letter back to EW that's since become known as The Challenge. In it, she dared her groupmates, Tion Player Watkins and Rosanda Hater Thomas, to a solo sales contest. One record each, winner takes all. I'm not gonna compete against my own group member. You can't compete against your own family to win against the world. It just doesn't work. It was funny because we were kind of laughing at the same time and, you know, pissed off too. You don't want to fight your sister, but I, I really wanted to punch her. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? Lisa not only was one of the most creative people that I've ever known, but she also knew how to ring in the press. And the difference between Lisa and T-Boz and Chili was that Lisa felt that all press was good press, and T-Boz and Chili didn't feel that way. Despite the controversy, TLC's first arena headlining tour was a nationwide smash. But while the girls were all smiles on stage, Left Eye's relentless media hijinks were threatening to dissolve their music and their friendship. It got to the point where I personally didn't even want to be in the same room with Lisa because she was a very different Lisa to me than the Lisa I met years ago. You know, she wasn't that playful, silly Lisa anymore. And, you know, everything was just so serious. She just became this person that I didn't know. By the end of 1999, TLC's third album, Fan Mail, had sold well over five million copies and spawned two global hits, the playful No Scrubs and an anthem of inner beauty called Unpretty. It was on the set of the Unpretty video that Tian would find true love with hardcore West Coast MC Mac-10. Tian has always kind of gravitated more towards the, the rough guy, you know, and Mac-10 is that. Five months later, on New Year's Eve 1999, a nervous Mac-10 dropped to his knees and popped the question. Before 12 o'clock hit, he was looking all big-eyed and scared, and I was like, what's wrong? You want to talk about something, something on your mind? Something wrong with you? He was probably shaking in his boots like, oh my God, am I going to really marry this girl? Tian's love life was complete, but TLC were coming undone. In January of 2000, the girls wrapped the American leg of the turbulent fan mail tour in their native Atlanta. But while T-Boz and Chili were eager to take the show overseas, Lisa's focus had shifted to finishing her first solo album, Supernova. I was really pissed off because I loved touring and I didn't want to stop. And I just felt like it stopped too soon. And it was, you know, out of my hands. Despite their dissolving bond, TLC were the toast of the industry. That February, Grammy honored Fan Mail with eight nominations, including Album of the Year. And the best star in the album is Fan Mail, TLC. All tallied, the trio walked off with three statues that night. But for Tion, the greatest gift was yet to come. When we were on the Grammys, I was already pregnant. I didn't even know that. And I found out like a couple months later that I was two months pregnant. I was just like, woo, because you know, I was told I couldn't have kids. At an early age, Tian had been diagnosed with sickle cell anemia, a debilitating sickness that stops blood from reaching vital organs. Though she'd been sternly warned by doctors that childbirth could bring life-threatening complications, she made the risky decision to keep her baby. With doctors telling her that maybe she probably couldn't have children, it would be too difficult, and her just being like, you know what, I don't believe that. You know, I get pregnant, I believe in God that he's gonna see this child through. 
In August of 2000, at a seaside chapel in Palos Verdes, California, a seven-months pregnant Tian married Mac Tan. Lisa was not at the wedding. For a minute, I'm just like, why didn't she come? But my day was so happy, I didn't really trip on it. Because of everything that we had gone through and just Lisa basically, in my opinion, being very selfish, not really thinking about the group, only thinking of herself, it made sense for her not to be there. I know if it was my wedding, I wouldn't have wanted her to be there. The TLC sisterhood was ailing, but Left Eye's love affair with the media was stronger than ever. In early September 2000, after missing a scheduled interview, Lisa pulled her craftiest publicity prank to date, releasing a bogus report of her own disappearance. Even though you know that she would do that kind of stuff, it's always the chance still left there that might, maybe this is real, you know? And then we found out on, you know, on the inside that she really wasn't, you know, it pissed me off. When people love you and they think you're missing, I mean, my God, that's, that's not cool. Ironically, Lisa was miles away from the media swarm she'd created. Beginning in 1998, Lisa had sought spiritual refuge at the remote Usha village in Honduras, a sprawl of humble huts on the edge of a dense Central American jungle. She was totally at home and totally happy there. All of her heaviness was gone. All of the bad energy that I'd seen her display was gone. It was a place where she can just sort of sit and be quiet and, and think. She was saying how the, there were no televisions in the rooms and, you know, but it's very peaceful and, you know, that I should come. So I was like, man, I don't know about that. No, no TV? <laughs> she told me it was one hut with one TV, no satellite. I was like, girl, I am not going because I need my HBO. I can't watch CSI and Sopranos and stuff, child. Mm -mm. In the tiny village, Lisa sought guidance for body and soul from an herbal guru named Dr. Sebi. Dr. Sebi, you know, according to him, can cure anything. Everything from trying to lose weight to, you know, looking for a cure for AIDS. People go there with hopes and dreams that Dr. Sebi can somehow save them. She had been through so many uh, intense problems in her career and in her life and in her personal life that she didn't know where to turn. And this doctor, she said, had shown her how to really open up and, and cleanse all of the negativity out of her. She told me she was suffering with alcoholism and that she was smoking excessively, cigarettes, drinking and smoking. She asked me, what do I need to do to stay on the side of peace? I said, fast, do what Jesus did. She said, what did Jesus do? He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Midway through her 40-day ordeal, an obviously gaunt Lisa spoke with MTV News. I've been polluting my body for 30 years. 40 days is not a long time to me to fast. 40 days represents overcoming death. It's, it's the number of days that Jesus fasted for, and I kind of feel like I'm on a journey sometimes. Don't really know quite where I'm headed. At the ending of the fasting, she came to me. I heard the door opening at 2 o'clock in the morning. She said, I completed my fast this morning. I said, what did you see? I saw God. I saw compassion as being the only giving. As Lisa chased the demons from her life, Tion welcomed an angel to her world. On October 28th, T-Boz gave birth to her first child. 
a five-pound, two-ounce girl she named Chase. My daughter's funny. You know, usually baby's eyes are closed. It's like my baby was trying to stare from day one. It's like she's been here before, but it was the most beautiful thing. And that's so like my miracle baby. Despite potential complications from her sickle cell anemia, the new mom seemed to pull through delivery in good health. But just three days later, medical complications left her in a near coma, fighting for her life in the ICU of an L.A. hospital. When I came to, I remember my mom, they rolled the baby in there, and I remember them putting her blanket over my nose to smell my baby, like, you know, you have a reason to stay here. Like, you know, don't slip away. Tian would eventually make a full recovery, but TLC was the last thing on her mind. By the end of 2000, the trio were on indefinite hiatus. As solo albums and motherhood took precedence over TLC, fans wondered aloud if fan mail had been their farewell. Rumors were really starting to fly that, that they even might break up. We were all doing our own thing. I was raising a baby, you know? I was a new mother. And that, to me, was more important than anything going on. So I didn't really care what nobody was doing at the time, for the truth. Next, the loss of a sister. When Behind the Music continues. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And Lord was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. By the summer of 2001, Lisa's media mischief had fractured her bond with T-Boz and Chili and pushed TLC to the verge of implosion. That August, after nearly two years in and out of the studio, she finally completed her first solo album, Supernova. The first time I heard Supernova was in Honduras. Lisa played it for me, and I was really surprised because I wasn't expecting it to be so spiritual. Who would expect that from a girl who burned down a house? She had excelled beyond what she had done before, and I thought that she really had gotten to a different place musically. But Arista Records was underwhelmed by Lisa's new direction. 
Unconvinced of Supernova's sales potential, label head L.A. Reid refused to release the album in America. You know, it was a tough thing. You know, we definitely felt that the pressure was there to deliver something compelling, and I wasn't sure that we had something that was compelling. She was P.O.'d. She was mad about that. You know, record companies, they always go back on their words, switch up everything, and, you know, I guess they did the wham-bam-boom on her. As Lisa's solo career ground to a standstill, her groupmates saw a chance to give TLC one more try. Yo! We were all, you know, just kind of going our separate ways. Everybody had their own thing going on. But I don't know, something hit me. I just, I was like, no, it, we have to do one more record. Though her endless drama over the last two years had alienated Lisa from the group, Tion and Chili asked if she'd be willing to make one final TLC album. I think at that point, you know, we just kind of wanted to go in and basically show everybody, look, we haven't broken up. Miraculously, Lisa accepted. And in late 2001, TLC entered a recording studio together for the first time in over three years to begin sessions for their fourth album, 3D. It was really rewarding because we had gone through all of the bad press and we had gone through the breakups and, and we were all really excited to prove to everybody that once again the press was wrong. It was just like the old days really, you know, acting silly and staying there even if you didn't have to sing a part, just being supportive of the other member. It was good for us. We all needed that, I think. We were having fun in the studio like day one. You know, um, no arguments. It felt like, you know, we were all kind of back in sync with each other, but that didn't last long. Despite TLC's renewed harmony, Lisa never abandoned hope of a solo career. And midway through the 3D sessions, she felt she'd finally found the man to make it happen. Infamous Death Row Records CEO, Suge Knight. She said she had a dream that Suge Knight was the one she should sign to. And that's why she approached him and wanted to do a deal over there. That was her thing. That was her idea. She called him. Her thing was that she wanted to be way more aggressive. She wanted to be street. She wanted to be hardcore. And I said, well, you know, if you want a street record, we can do that. In October of that year, Suge formally announced Lisa's addition to the Row roster as a solo artist. Next on 107.5. That same month, in a New York radio interview, Knight claimed Chili had performed a striptease in the death row offices and that T-Boz had lost her looks after giving birth. I just didn't understand how she could be associated with someone who could talk about her group members like that, who are like her sisters. Almost immediately after the signing, Lisa disappeared to Los Angeles to plot her next solo move with Suge, leaving 3D in permanent limbo. She wasn't showing up at the studio. She was out in California uh, meeting with him, and I was just like, oh, God, here we go again. I was just like, good luck, whatever, at that point, you know? If that's what she wants to do, and that's where her heart was, and that's what she felt, then so be it. With Lisa Awal, Tian and Chili completed as much of 3D as they could. But in January of 2002, Tian suffered a complete physical collapse, brought on by her continued battle with sickle cell anemia. I think my body just had it because that's the longest that I've ever spent in the hospital. I was really worried. I was really worried about her. I just, you know, would pray that she would get better and I'd go visit her and stuff and, you know, just like, okay, when you get better, we go right back in the studio and we pick up and finish this, you know? 
For four months, Tian slipped in and out of consciousness in the ICU of an Atlanta hospital. As friends prayed for her survival, a surprise guest dropped by for a visit. I heard this loud voice coming down the hallway. She was like, yeah, I'm coming to the room right now. And I was just like, there she goes. Without warning, Lisa had flown back from Los Angeles to be by Tian's side. <laughs> I'm always cracking jokes in the hospital. I was cracking jokes. She's like, you crazy. I was in and out of it, you know, going to sleep and waking back up. You know, we'd have conversation in between. And then she told me she was going to go um, to Honduras. As Lisa prepared for her next journey to the Usha village, Chili frantically tried to contact her estranged friend. I was trying to catch her because I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to ask her the real reason why she wasn't coming to the studio. You know, I wanted to know if, you know, if you really want to do your solo stuff, then why make us feel like you're on board? I never got that chance. In March of 2001, with Tian still in the hospital and 3D barely halfway done, Lisa Lopez boarded a flight from Atlanta to Honduras. She would never return. Coming up next, Tian has a deadly premonition. Wind Behind the Music continues. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. By early 2002, sessions for TLC's fourth album, 3D, were on indefinite hold. As Tian recovered from a near-fatal collapse, Lisa flew south to the Usha village, her mystical hideaway deep in the jungles of Honduras. That's where she found peace at. That's where she felt comfortable. She loved it there. She said that she just had gone through some heavy stuff and needed to get back to cleansing. With her first solo album, Supernova, rejected by Arista Records and the TLC Sisterhood Ailing, Lisa had begun to look beyond music for salvation. TLC has achieved a lot, but there's so many more things that I would love to do in the future. 
you know, outside of singing, I would love to venture off into healing. She was on a quest for spiritual and physical renewal, and her guide was the founder of the Usha Village, an herbal wise man named Dr. Sebi. She said, I'm going to make you famous. I said, how? Because I'm going to talk about you. Does everyone know you cure AIDS and cancer? There's just a lot of people in the world who are suffering. They're sick. They're not happy. They're looking for answers. They don't know where to turn. Well, I know a man who's been curing AIDS since 1987. This guy has taught me a lot, and I need to share my knowledge, you know, with the world. Despite Lisa's absence, by mid-April, Tian and Chili were back at work on 3D, plodding forward as a twosome. While returning home from the studio on April 25th, Tian had a strange premonition. I was in my Porsche, and I remember telling my security, I want to drop this car off because I don't feel comfortable driving this car this day because I feel like I'm going to get in a wreck. And I dropped my car off at home. And that was the same day. <laughs> so, I guess I felt something. 2,000 miles south, at almost that exact same moment, Lisa, her sister Raina, and members of the group Egypt struck out in an SUV from Usha towards a nearby creek. And maybe about 10 minutes after they left, you know, Raina came back, you know, she was crying, and she told me there was an accident. A car was in front of us, and it just stopped. So she went to swerve out of the way of the car, and the SUV went out of control. Lisa's car careened off the two-lane mountain road, rolling numerous times before coming to rest in a dirt ravine. While the other passengers sustained only minor injuries, Lisa was thrown from the vehicle and died minutes later of head and neck trauma. You know how things move in slow motion. You're there, you see it, and it's, it's surreal. I mean, you know, it's just like slow motion, like a movie. Just one year earlier, Lisa had faked her own disappearance in an ill-conceived publicity stunt. As word of the accident reached friends and family, all wanted desperately to believe this was another left-eye hoax. All of us were like, okay, is she playing? <laughs> is she serious or is she, you know, is this a joke? But this time, the situation was all too real. Lisa Lopez was dead. She was just 30 years old. The tragedy of Lisa's passing was amplified for Chile, who'd been desperately trying to contact her estranged groupmate in the weeks before her death. But the two would never have a chance to make peace. There was no closure at all. I just cried all night. I cried all night, nonstop. I just couldn't believe it. I think so many things were going through me, like why and how and, you know, not being able to reach her before she left. It was just rough. The following morning, Tian and Chili made the toughest trip of their lives to visit Lisa's mother, Wanda Lopez. When her mom came out, it looked like she almost passed out because she's used to seeing all three of us together. It was hard for her to see just two of us and not her daughter sitting in between. The only thing I say is one is missing, one is missing, you know, and I had to leave the room because that was just, it was like tearing me up. On May 2nd, a public memorial was held for Lisa at the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church outside Atlanta. More than 15,000 friends, family, and fans gathered to say goodbye. The outpouring of love from around the country um, was just amazing and a testament to Lisa. I didn't care who was there. 
I wasn't even looking around. All I could think about was, she's not here. I didn't get a chance to talk to her. I didn't get a chance to say, well, I love you, have a safe trip. I'll talk to you when you get back. Lisa was laid to rest in a lakeside plot at nearby Hillendale Memorial Gardens. Inscribed on the tombstone is her signature inspirational rhyme from Waterfalls. She looked at it like it was no way that you could kill life's energy. It just transforms into something different. And the first thing that I remember thinking when she died was that, like, wow, she made her transformation. I personally do not believe in death. You know, I believe in transformation. I do believe that there is an afterlife. If I got a chance to see her once more, I probably wouldn't even ask her some of the things that I, that I wanted to ask her at the time. I would just tell her that I love her. Despite the loss, Tian and Chile would have little time to grieve. Immediately after Lisa's death, Arista President L.A. Reid told the girls he was planning a Greatest Hits LP, a move that would put the brakes on their new album. We didn't start that project together, you know, for it to just kind of basically just be thrown out the window and here's the Greatest Hits. Why would we put a Greatest Hits out? You know, we want to finish the record. So, oh yeah, we were very pissed. If she was upset, she probably had a right to be. We as the label probably had one thing in mind for them. They had their own idea for it. And, you know, only thing I can say is that uh, she's probably right. To nullify Arista's plan, Tion and Chili went straight back to work on 3D, piecing together new music with rhymes Lisa had recorded before her death. Almost immediately, Tion and producer Rodney Jerkins penned a delicate song of hope and remembrance called Turntable. What I thought was important to express was that you can have hard times, but after rain, sun will come out again. You know, you have good days, um, and it can happen, you know. And tables do turn. You have to keep living. For four months, TLC remained quietly sequestered in the studio. Their first public appearance without Lisa would come August 29th at the MTV Video Music Awards. That was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, period, ever. That was the first time we, you know, really talked about it and kind of had to face it again in front of everybody. And to get out there in front of everybody to try to talk about that, I mean, it was just the hardest thing in the world. This is so hard because it's such a reality check because it's only two of us up here. For so many years, there was three of them. So if you look, you know, you see T-Boz and Chili, and to, I think everybody kind of just would go down with their eyes and it's like, there's that third slot that's missing. We know that Lisa's smiling and we just hope that she's proud of us right now. Thank you. One month later in September of 2002, TLC released their final studio album, 3D. As fans listened and remembered, Tian and Chili faced a bittersweet reality. TLC, their life and love for the past 10 years, was over. In June of 2003, more than one year since the death of Lisa Lopez, TLC took the stage at Giant Stadium in New Jersey. With a sophisticated video system projecting Lisa's image on stage, T-Boz and Chili delivered TLC's hallmark hits to 60,000 mourning fans. You could just feel the love from everybody and just them feeling the loss of Lisa. No, I was thinking, I hope I get through this show and don't break down. 
we would never look at the screens because had we looked at the screens, we would have just broken down on the stage. Though the Jersey Show looks certain to be the final gig of TLC's career, Chili and T-Boz have been pondering one last tour as a way to say both thank you and goodbye. But whatever happens, both girls say there will never be another third member. Right after her death, I got letters in the mail from fans talking about, um, sorry for her death, but I can rap. It's just like, come on. We couldn't believe people would ask us that. Are you guys going to replace Lisa? You know, what about another member? And it just hurt our feelings because we would never do anything like that. It was never a consideration. Where somebody, you know, like Destiny's Child, and it's just revolving door of girls coming in and out. TLC was different. There was no replacing any of them. For the Lopez family, letting go is a daily task of unthinkable heartache and loving remembrance. In May of 2003, the Honduran government honored Lisa with a monument, and a small cross has been erected at the crash site. Under the guidance of the Lopez family, plans are now underway for the Lisa Lopez Community Center near her beloved Usha village. You know, I'm grateful that I can travel to Honduras so much and be you know, I feel like I'm close to what Lisa loved and I'm close to my sister down there. And the more time I spend down there, it's like the more I can understand why my sister was down there. However tragic the blow, life must go on for the surviving members of TLC. In early 2004, they began compiling TLC Now and Forever, a 19-song retrospective of their storied career. For Chili and T-Boz, assembling the set was a bittersweet trip through 10 magical years of friendship and song. I felt like I was reliving everything and just kind of moving on through the years. And so it was hard for me to listen to it because to me, greatest hits, your greatest hits, that represents the end. That's, you know, that's it. And for us, you know, that's, that's really the case. That's the, the reality. Now and Forever buttons a career of staggering sales success. But TLC's legacy runs far deeper than any platinum single. With style, grace, and a little bit of drama, T-Boz, Chili, and Left Eye proved that the world can be conquered without compromise. I just wish that more of the young acts that came out today, and I see so many of them, could just have one-tenth of the spirit that the girls in TLC had. They were so genuine and so kind and loved what they did and looked you in the eye. They made a connection with you. TLC was a perfect example of a group that just stayed that way, even through all the turmoil. Even now, that's what I miss. You know, we were trendsetters as far as our sound, the way we dress and everything. We opened up the doors for a lot of female groups. And so I'm hoping that, you know, everybody will remember that about us. I, you know, gave us each other. He gave us this wonderful group, and it's just time to let it be, <laughs> you know? We've done great things together. We made history. You will remember TLC. And that's why we named it TLC Now and Forever, because we are forever. You won't forget us. <laughs> TLC's legacy lives on today. They remain one of the highest-selling female pop groups of all time. After Lopez's passing, T-Boz and Chili took some time to recalibrate. During a musical hiatus, the two remaining members of TLC each dealt with their fair share of hardships, but both 
persevered. In 2015, after more than 10 years apart, the duo reunited and launched a campaign to crowdfund their fifth album, TLC. In three short days, they surpassed their goal by $250,000. This album became the biggest funded pop music project in Kickstarter's history. They released their crowdfunded album in 2017 with the single Way Back, featuring Snoop Dogg. T-Boz and Chili are back in the studio and out in the world performing. Even in the midst of this comeback, the two vowed to never replace Lopez. There is no doubt this trio's influence on pop music will be felt for generations to come. Listen and subscribe to Behind the Music on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to rate and review Behind the Music on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Want more episodes? You can watch Remastered, Best of the Vault, and new episodes of Behind the Music only on Paramount+. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.